2: The late lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, the Renault Dealer of the Year and most Google reviewed dealership in Ireland. For award-winning customer service you can trust. Visit us today. Blackstone Motors. Drive with peace of mind. 041-983-1100.
3: You're very welcome to Wednesday Afternoons Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. It's straight to business today. I was just thinking before uh, we start chatting here that every year since Late Lunch has been on the air, from the very start, the first years, 10 years this year, at this time of year, I have spoken about the St Gerard's Novena at the Redemptress in the dock, and why wouldn't I when I'm called after the saint myself and I told you before my mother had a deep devotion to him when she was expecting me so we're back to it again today and I'm delighted to do it every year I remember Dick Delahunty being with me here but his successor has been with me every year since and I'm delighted to welcome back to Late Lunch Father Michael Cusack it's great to see you again
4: Thank you, Jerry. So that means it's eight years that I'm coming here then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. is I'm that, in my eighth year,
3: Are you, yeah, yeah, down there. So eight so years. So it's great to be here with you and lovely to be able to talk to your listeners. No, it is great to have you with us. It begins, I just want to remind everybody before we start, on Monday next, the 8th of October, and it runs for nine days until Tuesday, the 16th of October. Now, the theme this year, can we talk about that for the uh, to open up? Uh, the joy
4: of love, family life today. You're obviously building on what's happened in Ireland in recent times. We're building on what's happened in Ireland in recent times, particularly, as you know, with the World Meeting of Families. And we did carry this theme last year for the World Meeting of Families and Thought, well, there's enough material in it actually to, to carry it through for another year in terms of preaching. So we take that as the overall theme. And then throughout the, the week, we look at different aspects of, of family life. So on the first day, for example, we're talking about the modern family and the changing face of the reality of family life today. I'm looking at the different ways in which there are divided families and um, um, gay and lesbian families and all sorts of different constitutions of families um, that, are, that make up the church, say, make up Ireland. And, and they're all welcome to, to join in the, Absolute, in the Novena with you because welcome. you know
3: atypical, we'll say it is, compared to the traditional man-woman relationship, mother-father in a family. There are so many connotations of that in terms of relationships and different
4: sexes as well. But this Novena, St Gerard's, you are saying today come. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean look at everybody is welcome and that's part of the message of the Gospel is that everybody is welcome. I know you'll probably have people rigging very quickly to quote canon law or different exclusions but certainly not from the perspective that we bring to the novena and and it's the one thing I'd say that since I came to Dundalk which is back in 1999 when I first came, it would be the the hallmark of the Redemptorist Church certainly to try and ensure that everybody does feel welcome, that our doors are open we don't have a questionnaire when people ask, pass over the threshold you know we just welcome them with warmth and are glad that they're there and lots of people have look at life is complicated as you know and we all know so we can't we, we can't have the luxury of setting ourselves apart or above anybody else and it's only right and proper Jesus welcomed everybody, you know, and particularly people who felt excluded. That's the, that's the amazing thing. His push was even stronger towards uh, the excluded group than to those who were the, the in crowd. And the gospel only last Sunday reflected on that. So we will be reflecting throughout the nine days on, on uh, the, the the varieties of families, the issues that happen in families, that, that families aren't always the happy place that they're meant to be. Home can be a place of heart and division. Um, there's the church is supposed to somehow be a, a wider family, that we have a much wider global responsibility as family, that we're part of the human race in that sense. And we have a wonderful speaker coming to, to talk on that. will You'll probably refer to her later. I, I will indeed. Yeah. And uh, so we look right across in reflection Enabled always by by the the four preachers who will be there and helped by the by the prayers of the people which are written out so beautifully you know and they really tell you the story of 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 the struggling people of the community you touch on something there that 's so relevant today. You
3: talk about the family unit at the base level, the family it starts there wherever you are born and reared and brought up, and then you go out into your community nationally, internationally. There has to be great concern when you talk about the world family of all different shades and
4: races and what's going on this in this world today. Absolutely. And, you know, all we need to do is look at our, look at our, our um, television screens to see how people are responding or not responding to the crisis. You know, all it takes with media now is probably a flash of, of one scene of that tsunami and suddenly you're aware of it. But very quickly, you're gone unaware of it and it's passed on and those people's lives are still, it's not, for them, it's not a, a one day wonder. It's a, it's a sense that that they're they 've been visited on because of the forces of nature, and I think when we look at that and understand that we we need to see that we are globally responsible, that we have we 're all brothers and sisters um, and also the care of the earth when you look at there was a fantastic program on television on the BBC the other evening about this plastics you know and i mean some phenomenal statistics like that in i don 't know how many years' time there 'll be more plastic in the sea than fish you know and that's uh, like that's an absolute scandalous uh, um, behaviour and and result and reflection of the world in which we live in and you know all you have to do you look at the wonderful things that can be done when you look at things like tidy towns here and you see I had visitors over um, from the States last week they were at a conference in Dublin I drove them down to Newgrange and then down to Carlingford and they kept thinking my god the place is so lovely and you have the flowers and I said you know that's part of tidy towns and it's a community awareness thing, which is a wonderful movement. And as you know, it's few enough people who really get involved in that. It's the same old, same old that have to get out picking up the litter, but they do a fantastic job. They represent us well. We need to do that globally and and try and look at, at our use of the earth and the gifts of the earth and get a, get an appreciation that this is only borrowed time that we're on. And certainly with the pollution in the world today, it's it's definitely borrowed. So true what you say, Michael. Now, I look
3: at it uh, during the week because you focus in on, on certain aspects of the sacraments. Uh, and I'm going to come back to the speakers. I do want to talk to you some very interesting people coming. But you talk about, you know, in families, there are problems. Families... Argue, they fight, they break up. There's real uh, venom there at times. The Sacrament of
4: Reconciliation on the Friday the 12th. Yeah, Friday the 12th, we celebrate the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Reconciliation, I, I was asked last Monday, I was down in Headford in County Galway, and I was asked to preach on the power of the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And I have absolutely no doubt of the power of the Sacrament of Reconciliation. What can happen to people when they hear and understand and believe that they have been forgiven? for their faults and their failings. That is a powerful, powerful uh, thing to do. And for people to be able to put it out there and say, this is the area in which I need most help, or this is the area in which I have failed. We all fail. Some of us have failed today and will fail tomorrow and have failed yesterday. Some of us have failed badly 20, 30, 40 years ago and may do it in 10, 20 years' time. We're all fallible. We're all weak. We're all struggling human beings. And we do need that gift of reconciliation. And I would say to anybody who has tortured themselves, particularly with, um, with uh, a sense of scrupulosity and worry and, and guilt associated with the past, if you want to be freed from that, and if you think that the sacrament of reconciliation is the way forward for you, avail of it because you will be warmly welcomed and you'll not be judged and it's not it's not a some sort of tribunal it's it's a warm community celebration of the fact that we are already forgiven
3: you have, of course, the blessing of babies and children, the anointing of the sick and elderly. Uh, so much going on, you know, bringing people back to the the essence, the basics of the
4: church. Mm, it's re- yeah, and it's really only reflecting on life. I mean, mm. life. St. Magella's novena, the novena in honour of St. Magella is around the mystery of life itself, but particularly the vulnerability of human life. And so many people come there, longing for that beautiful gift of life in the womb and then giving thanks I met somebody the other day I was in doing the shopping and five days old their child was a little Henry and I'd actually married the, the parents and uh, they said oh we'll be at the Novena in Thanksgiving you know and a beautiful thing about the about the children's session I mean there's many many thousands attend that one and thankfully we had the celebrities there Of we had a Dundalk football team there last year and hopefully we'll have them there with a bit of silverware absolutely uh, yeah. well they have a bit of silverware yeah already. well look at if they knock it in and come down, come down to the to the children's session, it just adds to the buzz because we bring all of these uh, um, cartoon characters around for the children. They get a lollipop each, and our local value center sponsors that. You know the the lollipops. I have to go down, but they're sure <laughs> blur, blur already. <ball> right <laughs> but can can I say? one thing we've done over the last three or four years is seeing the joy of everybody who attended that session and we always pray for those children that are sick and vulnerable and in hospitals or maybe in high dependency units we realised that we were looking at a possibility of major fundraising for the local hospital. So Our Lady of Lords Hospital here in Drogheda and Daisy Hill neonatal units in both of them have benefited hugely over the last two and three years from the generosity of the people at that session. And it's been given with the specific instruction to be used in patient comfort and family comfort. So let's say, in my head, I'd be thinking there's a family there, there with that very very difficult uh, scenario of trying to look after a newborn baby uh, in all its vulnerability. They need a seat to lay down on, uh, somebody to run out for a Chinese ease or whatever it is for them to give them a bit of comfort and ease. That's what it's used. So it's a lovely joining up of n- a north and south and joining up of the whole idea it's of the It's absolutely
3: terrific. we we'll take a short break. Uh, Father Michael's staying with us. St Gerard Magella's Novena. It's starting in Dundalk, uh, Redemptress on Monday the 8th of October. It runs for nine days to Tuesday the 16th. And we're chatting about it on Late Lunch this afternoon. Father Michael Cusick is with me on Late Lunch this afternoon, ahead of the annual St Gerard's Novena, starting on Monday next, the biggest festival of faith in Ireland. Now, the, the, the women are back on the scene this year. It was a little bit male-orientated there for a wee while. Tell us about this uh, lady,
4: Eileen Hoffler, the CEO of Serve. Well, every year, as you know, we bring along um, a group group, of interest in in the community. So it can be, maybe we've had people talking on depression, we've had somebody talking on internet safety we've had somebody talking on suicide we've you know all those topics have been have been attended to and when we were trying to deal with with the global family and the issue of response or responsibility for our brothers and sisters around the world i immediately thought of Eileen Hoffler she's the ceo of serve and serve is a redemptorist charity that was set up a number of years ago that does development work and many many people actually from students uh, from this uh, hinterland would have gone out to work in either india brazil Um, South Africa... Um, the Philippines. They have lots and lots of projects uh, that are done every summer where they go out for maybe a four to six week term. Uh, It's about development and education and it's a quid pro quo. So you're the person that goes out is, as you know, much more, receive much more than they give really. Um, But you're trying to instil in people the tools to be able to build a better future for themselves. And Eileen Hoffler is the CEO of that. So she'll speak on our global responsibility and sharing responsibility for our global family, which is a, is a strong message that needs to be heard. And let me tell you, particularly in times when, people, when economies are going well, that's actually when charities suffer the most it's when people struggle that they begin to identify with the struggle of others and and they're m- more generous in their giving that's where the gospel message about the rich comes in. you know The rich can tend to shut themselves down, uh, close themselves off, and build their own world rather than leaving themselves open i mean what good What good is somebody having? two billion or whatever number of billions now all these ones have. You know, if they're never going to bring it with them, they never saw a trailer on a hearse and they could make a huge difference today. And if they were only left with one billion, do you think they're going to not going to sleep at night?
3: Michael, I'll tell you, that's what people get fixated on. And not just people who have billions. People who have a, a nest egg of sorts think they need so much. But you only need X amount to get on. And I often said it, if I won the euro millions, which will probably be never because I do it rarely, to be honest, the big, big one. But I honestly have said this before that I would keep a small amount to help, you know, sort out my uh, immediate family and myself. And after that, it would go
4: to use to Absolutely. help. And and that's that's something that we should all consider. Yeah, and the cushion the cushion is important for people, you know, to have yeah. the comfort of a, of a home, which is yes. a big issue now today. You know, to be able to feed and provide for your family. Have a little bit of, of fun for yourself mm. as you make your way through life. But that's all you'll be able to do. I mean, you can't leave the fun banked for yeah. the, the life to come, you know. I'm just thinking here, I'd... I'd certainly have to help draw her to get up there again in
3: football to take on that crowd up the road in Loud that you're bringing down to that no, Children's Day. But in the
4: same time, like you might give to me, and I give mine to Dundalk <laughs> uh, football club, and they we could we, buy another player. Yeah, we'll just become the, the two best in the country. Yeah. I, I jest, I jest. But seriously,
3: that that's one lady who's coming to the Novena. Secondly, Sister Elizabeth mm-hmm. Davis from Newfoundland and Labrador is here.
4: Yeah, two years ago I had uh, the privilege, or we had at the Novena, of having Anne Walsh, a woman. To, to mm. speak at the novena, and at that time, I said, "Look at if we only had Anne for this year, it's nothing more than tokenism." But actually, to find suitable speakers, people who are competent and able to to speak on the and take up the task of the reflection, and that is a difficult task. And so, once again, I've had to go out of our shores, you know, to get the person that would be able to do that. But this lady is extremely, extremely gifted. Um, Elizabeth Davis is the Congregational Leader of the Sisters of Mercy for Newfoundland and Labrador with a responsibility for their mission in Peru, as well as in Canada. And uh, she is she's a very gifted person, has great experience and is really looking forward to coming. Uh, i be picking her up at the airport at 7 o'clock on, on Saturday morning. So it's wonderful to have have her on the team and on the team as an equal member you know which which is fantastic for her and i think it's great to hear the woman's a woman's perspective and a woman's voice now somebody else will say oh well she's a religious and she won't have the same perspective no but the more of that that can happen the more pushing out of the boundaries that we can do the better for us and the better for our church i see confessions
3: form a big part of uh, the
4: uh, novena as well is confession still in? Do people? Oh, it's go? very much in. Yeah, it's very much in, but in in the wrong way. I think you know. I mean, people do go, and we're we're continually we have confessions every day in St. Joseph's. You know, morning and evening. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think that, but there's so few places that provide the service now that people know that we do, and they come to us for it. But I just you know, in in a church where we are aging at such a, a rapid rate, and no really young blood coming in in terms of ministry, in terms of priesthood, um, it's becoming an increasingly difficult um part to service. So I'd hope that we're going to see a much wider understanding of God's mercy and compassion and be able to use there are three rites for confession in the church. One is that individual confession where you go uh, into the box as as we did for first confession. But there's also rite two which we celebrate and rite three which is a just a generous understanding of God's love and mercy because none of us none of us as human beings has the power to, to hold back the mercy of God or the forgiveness of God. God as represented in Jesus is clear in that the forgiveness is abundant and free and without conditions. so I mean far be it from us to try and encapsulate that or to try and hold it back it's a power thing to be honest with you because to hold back any of those things it's like membership of church or membership of organisation that's where power comes in instead of saying your doors are wide open all are welcome, and that'll be the message that I'd be carrying. I'm going to remind them how
3: many sessions are on in the moment before we finish up. Um, just a, a moment or so to go. I have to
4: ask you this. I don't want to put you in bad form. The building work. Oh, the building work. Yeah, that's the one question that I ask people not to ask me. And but we have the building work <laughs> is still to, progressing. Three years into it. Uh, the one question I don't want anyone to ask me is why? Because why are we not back in? No matter where I go here. But why, Father? And I say, oh, please, don't put me through the stress of it again. I don't know why. That's the answer. But we have to be in that building by by next Monday on the ground floor. The rest of the building, it's mm. almost there. And there's a big new building at the back. So hopefully you'll get down to see it before before we leave. We're knocking St Gerard's Hall. And uh, there used to be great hops in St Gerard's Hall. So yeah. before that happens, we're going to have a night or two of hops. Oh, my God, we'll have to be involved in that here from LMFM for sure.
3: Uh, weekdays, 7am, 930 11.30, 1.10, 2.30, 4.30, 6.00, 7.30 in the evening, 9.00 and 10.30. There's no excuse, really. The sessions are on there, multiple sessions. And it starts Monday next? Starts Monday. And the only the only day
4: that do, has a different time is the Sunday, Sunday. and you can Sunday, check, check that out check as well. Check the websites.
3: Everybody, welcome. Great to see you again this year. Best of luck. I just know you're going to be inundated with uh, people going for the whole lot, and even for part of it as well. It's fantastic. I've Thank been you. down myself. And
4: Eddie Caffrey will be down, you know, to record a he session on Saturday he does it every year so Absolutely. it's great from that point of view and thanks for the opportunity to be with you it's Not always great all. to be here Father Michael Cusick thanks a million
2: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drada, your local Renault selection dealer with over 250 quality used cars in stock there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie
3: I wonder who's on the line today would that be Claire O'Donoghue hello
5: <laughs> This is so amazing! <laughs> oh, what are you doing to me? I'm going to be in tears soon.
3: Well, I needn't ask a stupid question. Are you excited <laughs> or, 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 or Oh my uh,
6: just god, just a bit, just a bit, yeah. <laughs> Claire. Yeah,
3: Claire O'Donoghue, congratulations to you. You and Graeme yurt are finalists. You're in the final five <laughs> of the wedding. What does this mean to you?
5: Oh well, it just means I'm going to have to get him to marry me now. <laughs> but like no.
3: She certainly is. Yes, that's Claire O'Donoghue, one of our lucky five who are finalists in the Dream Wedding Giveaway. The village hotel, the brand new village hotel in Town, pulling up this fantastic prize and ourselves here in late lunch on LMFM Radio, uh, being the uh, conduit or facility for the competition and bringing uh, you stories. We've read lots of stories as well from people who pitched for this, but we had to just settle on five at the end of the day. And I want to say again today, thank you to the hundreds of people who entered the competition. We really do appreciate it. There can only be five. And I'm going to remind you who the five are. You heard Claire O'Donoghue there and our beau Graham Ewart. They'll be with us on Saturday at the Grand Finale. Uh, also joining us will be Leona Hughes and Dan Kelly, Karen Munnelly and Kieran Quayle, Kira McGuire and Stephen Harmon, and Sinead Byrne and Paul King. They are the finalists on Saturday. And today on Late Launch, I'm delighted to welcome to the show uh, the Eddie Rankin. He is the manager of the Village Hotel, and Angela Dice is here as well. She is the sales and events manager. You're both very welcome to the show. It's great to see you both this afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Let me begin with you, Angela. You hear the excitement there in just one of them. It's fantastic, isn't it?
6: Very exciting. Very exciting. We're delighted. Uh, We can't wait now for Saturday. Delighted to see... um who the winner's going to be, yeah.
3: Mm, it's, uh, the, the die is cast now. It's actually one of five. Eddie, it's been a most successful competition. Hundreds of entries for this. Everybody looking to go and have the wedding paid for at the village. Tell me this. You've done a soft opening, I know, since July there. Have you had a wedding there already?
7: Yeah, we did. Actually, on our second week, we had a, a wedding in uh, in our garden function room there so it was very successful I suppose a bit of a baptism of fire in your second week open but uh, we were delighted and the bride and groom were delighted so um, after that we were obviously going to try and expose the property and this uh, prize giveaway was oh for sure
3: absolutely everybody knows about the new village hotel in Bellystone are the two of you familiar of the story you know that this is a phoenix from the flames that has risen up
6: yeah definitely um you know we're still getting couples coming in now saying their parents got married there 40 years ago and and yeah the people are just they're all buzzing for the place to be back Mm. open basically
3: so you've had a good few people coming in who knew the the old village what are they saying what are they saying about the new place
6: that it's they love it they love it it's real modern it's real trendy it's different to the old place um but they're loving it yeah
3: Mm. Tell us a little bit about the two of you, starting with yourself, Eddie. Uh, Eddie Rankin, where have you been before? Where have you come from?
6: Well,
7: I suppose I'm I'm in hotels. I've been in hotels a long time now, 20 plus years. I would have kind of served my time in the old Forte Post House, Dublin Airport, 10 years there, and then, you know, with that, I've moved from... Hotel to hell, hotel around uh, North County, Dublin, um, you know, just developing my skills and mm. um, working in hotel venues, leisure venues, golf venues, just trying to, you know, build yeah. experience, yeah. you know. So I suppose the first experience in a hotel would have been in the village of Bettystown when I was seven years old. I was the page boy at my <laughs> brother's wedding.
3: So I that don't just goes believe to show it, that, the, you?
7: The history that's there, yes. you know, so it's, uh, it's good to be back. So and you have very, that connection yeah, from
3: years ago as well. Yeah,
7: in a very different role, yeah. yeah.
3: And obviously, you saw the job and and went for it, and you've got it. W- when you look at a place like this, where it's situated, what it has to offer, obviously, it, it attracted you to it.
7: Yeah, a challenge. I think an opening of a property is always going to be a challenge because you you know you're going from bare bricks, and you know we had a, a business model in our mind which is very still to the forefront, you know. But we used this time um, since opening to kind of get feedback from from the customers and clients and see what modifications we have to make, you know, to improve it and bring it forward. So... You know, it is, it's exciting. It's been a challenge, you know, but it's going very well and we're looking forward to the years ahead and, and the weddings we're going to generate from this great Yeah,
3: giveaway. and this coming weekend is the big weekend. It's the official opening. You know, when you start off and you open the doors the first night, I'm sure there's a lot of tweaks to be done, is there? And you see, you can spot what needs to be tightened up and improved and changed, yes? Of,
7: of course, you know, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day, as they say, but um, look, there's always going to be tweaking to do. And look, trends change and people's, you know wants and needs change. So I think any business you're constantly evolving, especially in the four or six months, you know, you're trying to find your feet. Um, you know, and it's just regular meetings with you know, with the guys with Jay and herself, the management team, just to see what the best fit is gonna be
3: for the area and for mm. the business, you know. Mm. So that's where we're at, at the moment. And yourself, Angela Dyce.
6: Tell us about you. Who are you? Where do you come from? What's your background? <laughs> so I'm originally from London. Um moved to Ireland eighteen years ago now. Um again like Eddie working in hotels for years um done everything. Started many moons ago in accommodation, making the beds, and then gradually I've worked my way up. Um, went to college for a few years in Galway to become a manager. And yeah, so now um done everything. Bar manager, restaurant mm. manager, looked after weddings and now I'm kind of on the flip side looking after the sales and events side of it. So Okay. But yeah.
3: So you're the woman charged with Getting the weddings in, getting the people to come with their christenings, their birthday parties for Christmas time. They're flying
6: in, the bookings are absolutely flying in, they really are. That's fantastic. Communions for next year, confirmations booked out already. So Mm. it's great. People are happy we're opened.
3: Tell us what you have on offer there. How many bedrooms?
6: Sixteen in total.
3: And if I book a wedding there, are those bedrooms mine? Does it work like that or how does it work?
6: Yeah, generally it'd be like that. You can block the bedrooms out for you. Um, and then we've got other accommodation we're working with in the area too. Uh, I see, yes. So, you
3: can, so that you have that as well. Yeah,
6: exactly. Yeah, okay,
3: so. so sixteen rooms. What about the venue for weddings themselves? I was looking at the pictures. I'm going out Saturday, of course. It looks magnificent. Yeah. The ballroom, is, is it?
6: It is. But The ballroom's stunning. It's got gorgeous views out into the garden then as well. Mm. Again, which is it's done really well. It's finished really well. Mm.
3: And the bull and tide, there's a little hint there to the Egan <laughs> family bull, black bull. The bull and tide is your gastro
6: pub. It is, yeah.
3: And how has that been going? Busy again. Busy very from busy. the start as well, yeah. Yeah, literally okay.
6: busy from even breakfast now's really taken off as well. So, um, Busy all day, kept going, mm. which is good.
3: So this weekend is a massive weekend for you folks out there. It is the official launch, the official opening of it. And there's a fella from Mead called Hector going to be about, is that right? <laughs> he
6: correct. is indeed, yeah actually talking to him there this morning, so he's really looking forward to it as well.
3: So Hector will be there on Saturday.
6: He'll be there on Saturday.
3: Along with ourselves. Do you know that this is history in LMFM radio? Late lunch is 10 years on the air. We've never, ever broadcast outside Monday to Friday. Woo-hoo! This is the first <laughs> ever time we've had late lunch on a Saturday just for you people. Brilliant. Nobody you. else in, in the Village Hotel. We're really looking forward to it, you know, as well.
6: Ah, uh, We're looking forward to it. Everyone, There's a real buzz in the hotel at the moment. Everyone's... Dying for Saturday now.
3: Yeah, I'm sure they are. And it's all weekend. And you're saying to people today, if you haven't been out, come out this weekend and see the place for yourself.
6: Yeah, definitely. We're showcasing the ballroom Friday evening between six and eight o'clock. Um, and then Saturday would be the day we'll decide who this winner's going to be and the winner will be announced. And then we've Brian Kennedy playing in the ballroom as well that night.
5: OK.
3: So The
6: doors will open for that from eight o'clock. And again, there's no cover charge for that on the door. Oh, brilliant. All on us. And then we have a family day um, organised for the Sunday. So there'll be bouncy castles, face painting loads of entertainment yes. on for the kids for the so Sunday. So it's, it's the
3: go-to place in the northeast this definitely, weekend, the definitely. new Village Hotel. Can we have a listen to one of our other finalists? I think we have another of our finalists queued up here. Just to let you get a feel for the excitement when somebody gets a call to tell them they're in the final f- uh, five for a dream wedding worth €15,000. Here, uh, I think we have now for... Uh, your uh, recollection, because if you were with us the other day, you will have heard it happening live. It's Leona Hughes. Leona Hughes is on the line. Hello, Leona. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, almighty. What is that?
8: these are all my children I collected from school I'm on the way back to work and I just got the phone call to say I was true as a finalist (laughs) How many children
3: have you with you Leona there?
9: There's about 25 Oh my god and I take it they're not all your own no, no, I'm a much, uh, it's
3: an after-school pickup. Oh, good woman yourself. Well, listen, Leona Hughes, congratulations. You are the first finalist in the Dream Wedding Giveaway.
5: <laughs> Thanks so much. The New Village Hotel. You
3: know the story. Fifteen thousand euros. worth. Yeah. We've got hundreds and hundreds of entries, and you have been selected first. There'll be five finalists, and the grand final is Saturday, the sixth of October. And that is this Saturday, of course. Are you guys ready for that level uh, of brilliant. excitement? Yeah, that is great. brilliant. Oh, my God. These these people are really on high dough at this point in time. Uh, yeah.
6: can't wait. And,
3: and, you know, on Saturday, we're going to actually flesh out their stories. Either we chat with them, you know, Eddie, when, when yeah. they come on there and they were told. But they have a lot more to tell us about themselves. And they have fascinating stories. And the reason they're in the final, Angela, is because, you know... They had the best stories, hadn't they, yeah. in our estimation? We picked them from all of the entries. So, just to remind everybody again Leona Hughes and Dan Kelly, Claire, Claire O'Donoghue and Graeme Ewart, Karen Munneley and Kieran Quayle, uh, Kieran Maguire and Stephen Harmon, and Sinead Bourne and Paul King. I notice all the girls' names are first there on that <laughs> list. I wonder why. Yes, they will be joining us live on Saturday. Late lunch coming live between 1 and 3 o'clock from the New Village Hotel. We'll have lots of other guests there as well. And at the very end, imagine coming up to 3 o'clock. Somebody, Angela, (laughs) yes, is going to win their dream wedding.
6: That's brilliant. I'm only married over a year now myself, so I know how much this is going to mean to someone. It really is. It's going to be... It's going to be amazing
3: it really is you know and a lot of people have said that to us that this money you know people you know yourself eddie trying to get a, a house buy a home of course you know yeah. and imagine taking this expensive a wedding you know that it's all looked yeah, after definitely,
6: definitely. it's fantastic
3: so just reminding everybody not alone weddings your christmas parties christenings birthdays whatever
6: any event we're
3: there the village hotel <laughs> is there and the crew are just dying to welcome you along and look after you on those special occasions I'll see you Saturday. See you All Saturday. right, we're we on high forward. dough. We can't <laughs> wait for it. For the moment, from the new uh, village, it's beautiful, folks. Uh, thanks today to Angela Dyes, Sales and Events Manager, and General Manager Eddie Rankin. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. Thanks, it's amazing. It's amazing. Thank Jerry. You.
6: Cheers. Thank you.
2: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie
3: you know, with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Wednesday afternoon. Still to come with this show, don't forget that every day this week it is Road Safety Week and on LMFM Radio we're bringing attention to road safety uh, these particular days, all this week and it begins in the morning with Christy and Seamus and uh, the rules of the, of the road. Pat he has been out and about with a school in North Louth and it's a very interesting piece Pat has put together as well. You can see that across our social media. Shanae Brazil has been a lollipop lady. She was a lollipop lady. We were listening to Mid Morning this morning. She was out and about on the roads herself, swapping uh, the lollipop stick with a real life lollipop lady. And here on Late Lunch Each Day this week, our feature, Every Road Has a Cross to Bear. I have been out and about in Loudon Mead with people who've lost loved ones on the very spot where the accident took place. And we have another one for you this Wednesday afternoon. They're all going out each day after news at uh, three o'clock. And that's coming up this afternoon again and tomorrow and Friday. Uh, and also to come on today's show, it is National Breastfeeding Week as well. And I uh, dropped in on the Quidju group in St Peter's uh, Church of Ireland Hall in Drada and had a chat with the ladies there who were breastfeeding. And it's very, very interesting to hear what they have to say that coming up on the show after half past two um, there's a lady in Dublin on Sunday night her name is Kylie oh, Minogue. no, no
10: listen 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 Sunday night first of all is this now what I'm going to hear for the rest of the week about this on Sunday
3: I'm building up to it I have my tickets sure I was in the day the tickets went to sale I bought my tickets I'm going to see Kylie in the three arena I've you. been to see her every time she's been in Dublin
10: I know you have and I know you are going to see her. I'd love and to I'm meet her. Sinel. I know you'd love to I'd meet love her but like look, her. you know. Is anyone
3: listen to dreaming, Jerry. Can anyone make this happen? I'd love to meet <laughs> Kylie <a> Minogue <laughs> just to say hello to her, get an old snap taken with her and have a wee chat with her. That's my ambition to meet Kylie Minogue. I've put out a couple of feelers but you, you know, don't say anything, keep it between us. No. I have put out a couple of feelers. You, you've
10: got your people working on I have it. A don't couple you, of people
3: Jerry? working on it. You say to me, Jerry, you always. This is Sinead Brattle, She's great like this. If I ever, and you know, I am a positive person, yeah. but at times I'm a little pedantic about things, aren't I? I want to make sure everything You're a bit is of a, right. A sort of a dating Thomas. Yeah, something, and I, yeah, I have to say, is that guest coming? Are you sure we've confirmed them? Is everything right? I'm like that. It's either right or wrong. But anyway, Sinead says to me, Jerry, just put out the positivity of the world. Yeah, Kylie. Kylie. come on just say come that you're me. going to meet her come to me. well on I'm going, going to see her anyway I'm going to see her in no but you anyway. need, That's what, what you show. need
10: to do is you need to visualise the meeting happening you need <laughs> oh, to oh I
3: visualised that many times <laughs> let me tell you darling <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> really so, so have one, tell, tell us
10: what happens then in your imagination Jerry, with this meeting um, with Kylie <laughs> oh better the devil you know <laughs> <laughs> but you need to keep that in your mind. Do you know what I mean? That, like, someone's going to tap you on the shoulder now and Sunday night go, Sorry, are you Jerry Kelly? <laughs> Sorry there's just Not a up, chance Up this way now To the to the oh main my stage God, Come waiting. here I met somebody after a concert Dan Dan Smith from Bastille Kind of an indie band But they're like You know yeah. They're fairly on the, oh, on the up and up Yeah Who I met him And I put it Like that I <laughs> put it out there To the universe And I actually screamed In his face Because but, I What Can you imagine we
3: just whizzed off Somewhere after the show There's not a chance Anyway look i put out a couple of feelers You know yourself And yeah. should, we'll see what happens Please God God is good Get a send a petition down to St. Gerard's Novena. I should have with Michael Q. there before he left to do it for me. Anyway, someday, someday. I could do something
10: for you, though, you? to get go you in the humour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will definitely get you in the humour.
3: Ah, brilliant! Our new album, Golden. Here it is, dancing.
5: No one wants to stay at home. Nobody wants to be alone. When you come knocking, I'll be at your door. I don't ever wanna stop I'm gonna give it all I've got And when they ask me Who could ask for more Can't stand still Won't slow down When i Let it be a blaze of glory Burning bright, never fade away When the final curtain falls We can say we did it all a never ending of a perfect day Can't stand still I won't slow down
3: I'll be Japers, the sweat's rolling out of me after that, <laughs> dancing around the studio. Will I catch my breath? <sighs> that was great. Oh, that I was might brilliant. I as well. Have You'd for the state of us in here, myself <laughs> and Sinead. It's an awful pity we hadn't a little camera rolling on that there. <laughs> we literally have been dancing, dancing around the studio with Kylie Minogue this afternoon. Oh, Ooh. let me catch my breath there. I'm not as fit as I used to be, I have to say. <laughs> For what two hours of this oh, at the weekend? Listen, when oh I tell God. you, I told the story before, and I'll tell it just once more briefly. The first time I went to see it was
2: selling a little or a lot. <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, the showgirl
3: tour in dublin and uh, i said, i mentioned better the devil myself miriam my daughter sarah and jack white went to see her jack my good friend he wanted to see her as well four tickets sitting together anyway up she came in the big feather boa up the stage you know lifting up from beneath better the devil you know up yeah. comes well there two myself and jack were going bellowis <laughs> jumping up and down. <laughs> sarah my daughter nudged miriam my wife and said I think my dad's gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, so I can a classic, classic. Clarify on late lunch this afternoon she was miles from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Kylie is in Dublin on Sunday and I'm really looking forward to seeing her play. And that new album is fantastic. That's one of the tracks on the new album there, Dancing. But it's another cracker from Kylie, fifty years young. Can you believe it? And she still looks as beautiful as ever.
2: The late lunch with Blackstone Motors Drahada, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at BlackstoneMotors.ie.
3: National Breastfeeding Week it is and I'm out and about again today. I'm in the beautiful St Peter's Church of Ireland Hall here in Drogheda and I'm with the Drogheda Quidju Breastfeeding Group and Margot Duffy joins me. Margot, you are the woman.
11: Well, I suppose I have been here from the very beginning with this group. It started roughly about 10 years ago. I retired. I'm roughly retired 10 years. At the time, I was involved in a consumer group in the hospital, and one of the big things that came out was there was no support for breastfeeding in the community. So uh, there was a you member at that consumer group as well, and she contacted me to know would we try and set up a group, which we did. I think, it, I think it actually started in September. So we're just about 10 years this September now. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, started off very small. Um, there were mornings I used to come and nobody would turn up. Other mornings you'd have a few. We started off doing every second Thursday, which was a bad idea because people couldn't remember the days that we were supposed to be here. Then after about a year, we went on to every Thursday. And I think it's only since the, um, how would you say, since Facebook and all that came about, it's gone on that now. And and since we got a lot of mothers who were very interested, who did the Quidju training and who are absolutely amazing. We have a good few trained and we have other mothers training to give mother-to-mother support to the the mothers that come
3: here. Isn't it interesting, social media has been a big boon for you and an aid to growing the numbers that are here.
11: It definitely has yeah, definitely.
3: Now how do you get your referrals besides the social media and people talking and interacting there?
11: At the moment, um, everybody in the area knows we're here. The GPs, the, the public health nurses, the hospital, so they all give the information to the mothers and then I suppose it's up to the mothers themselves to come here. Some people find it difficult, they're not from the area they don't know anybody so it is difficult walking into a group but we try and make it as pleasant as possible for them and once they come once you can see they start chatting to people they start making friends there have been women who have been coming here and there is a group that i know specifically who have kids now of six seven and there are a whole group of them that are still friends from the time they started coming to this breastfeeding group here and it happens the whole time, they just come, they make friends but we get our referrals from from that, from the hospital, public health nurses um, they don't have to have a problem to come here it's a social outing as well as everything, you know they get a cup of tea or a cup of coffee mm. and a biscuit and a chat so.
3: Catherine McGowan is joining me now how many children have you breastfed?
12: three so i have katie is eight sophie's coming up to six and harry is three and a half Um, and each of them brought their own challenges i would say my third was the most challenging so as a qualified breastfeeding counselor i needed to lean into the other girls get support i could have you know read a book googled but it's so much nicer if you feel like someone's minding you and saying look sounds like this is what's going on and reminding you, oh you said you'd make that appointment. Have you made that appointment? Because when you're in the height of it, your head is just so messy. And um, so you need that. You need someone kind of navigating it for you to help you. And um, what we love seeing is mom's coming back on number two, three, and we've even have a mom at the moment back on number four. Um, and they then can share their experiences with the first-time moms. If I'm coming over here on a Thursday morning and I see some of them having a coffee over in the Lawrence Centre, I think, like, it's working. Mm. People are making friends, they're getting support, they go off for lunch afterwards as well. Um, So that's kind of the the main thing.
3: A lovely summary of what it's all about, that it's more holistic, to be honest with you, across the board. You mentioned your third child was the biggest challenge there for you. What do you mean by challenges? Is it baby not feeding? Is it flow of milk? What?
12: With him, he was a baby who cried from four o'clock every day, non-stop. Um, He didn't like the car, and he didn't feed for comfort. So as a third-time mom and a breastfeeding counsellor, I had to get a soother out, which was something I didn't think I'd have to do, but that's what he needed, and that's what worked for him. Um, With the other two, um, I had tongue-tie with one, I had mastitis on another... But these are all things that moms experience and there's a breastfeeding solution for every breastfeeding problem. And one thing I suppose I'd like to kind of get across to mums is we've no agenda. If a mum comes down to us pregnant and she's kind of one foot in, one foot out and not really sure, come down, have a chat. We are really keen to provide evidence-based information. moms know their own babies best and a mom is having problems like an fbi detective and they wanted to get information to help them figure it out so we we'll support moms with whatever their plan is if a mom comes down and says look i'm pregnant i want to feed colostrum in the hospital fantastic and we will give her that information if a mom comes down and says i'd like to get to six weeks fantastic that's what we'll do moms have come down and said it's not working out i need support weaning that's the information that we give her so it's not about what we want or what we think it's every single mom if every mom could have support to meet her breastfeeding goals that would be a fantastic i suppose achievement for us at the group and that's what we would aim for
3: Anne marie grogan good morning who's this little
12: this is ethan person? this is ethan
1: isn't he lovely? Yes. What age is he? He's 14 weeks now. Oh
3: my God! Look at his lovely blue eyes. Are they
1: blue? They are. They're oh blue as day.
3: God, because I'm a little bit colourblind myself, but I cannot <laughs> look at him smiling at me here. Tell us your story and this group and breastfeeding.
1: So I'm, I'm Anne-Marie, as I said, and I this is my third baby. I came down to the group when I had my first girl five and a half years ago. And I just found the support and the meeting other mothers just so invaluable, just helping us get established on breastfeeding and continuing on and giving the confidence to feed out in public because we used to go for coffees and lunches after we had a meet-up with the group. So I found that very useful. And then on my second girl, I came back again. And then I started doing the, the training to become one of the breastfeeding counsellors again just volunteering with the group i just felt it was important to give something back after um learning so much from them and getting so much from the group
3: so you're back here number three and breastfeeding away had you in in your mind before your first baby that you wanted to do this
1: i did and i think um i think that's something that's important for new moms is that to read up about breastfeeding to kind of become a little bit prepared as to you know what you might face, or the challenges that you might come up against, um, if if there's if a new mama has started breastfeeding and they come across any challenges, I would suggest that they get help straight away, sooner rather than later, because um, a hungry baby is, is, is very demanding. So if you get if you're having problems, you know, try and get help and support us as, as quick as you can.
3: Is this straightforward, or are there times when you hit a wall, or you say, oh my god, can I keep this going?
1: Um, there is times. Especially in the early days. The first six weeks are, are particularly challenged because you're setting up your supply, you're getting to know your new baby, you might have a toddler running around as well. So the, like I always found, having a small goal in, in your head, you know, let's get to six weeks and once you get there then you can go, right, I've gotten to six weeks, let's try for 12.
3: Yeah, so one step at a time and you have that worked out in your mind. How long have you breastfed the other two for?
1: Um, I breastfed my first baby till she was 18 months. And then um, my milk supply dried up when I was pregnant on my second. And then for my second baby, I've breastfed her until she was three. Oh but, my God! Yes, yeah. that's a
3: long time, isn't it?
1: It's a long time, but it's it's not as frantic or as um, difficult as feeding a newborn. Mm. Because as they get older, they're starting on solids, they're running around, they're playing. So it's really only for comfort or maybe for going to bed at night time. You know, just kind of, and it's a nice time to spend with the toddler, especially when you have an older child as well. It's, it was a nice time to kind of relax and reconnect with her.
3: Do you find, in a way, they sort of wean themselves?
1: Uh, They do, but sometimes they need a little bit of an encouragement. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I would just keep going for as long as both mum and baby are comfortable.
3: Mm. Recommended highly, Anne-Marie?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Lovely. (laughs) Great talking to you again today. And this fella is just gorgeous. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, God, you'd run away with him. He's so beautiful. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. (laughs) A couple of moments and we're back with our feature, our special feature on National Breastfeeding Week.
2: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie
4: For the best country music mix around, join Darren Mann Weeknights from 8 for the Country Express. Keep up with the country scene, begin with a chance to win some fabulous prizes, hear new music and a classic or two. That's Weeknights
0: from 8 on LMFM. Sponsored by Joe Norris Motors Navin with Renault Selection used car standards of 2 years warranty, 2 years roadside assistance and low APR finance. Bringing a new standard to used cars. Gilmore's Kings Court invite you to their launch week of the very special new Mercedes A Class from Wednesday, October
11: third until Wednesday, October tenth. For this week only, we're giving a launch discount of three thousand euro off all new A Class models. This offer will not be repeated. Plus, unbeatable finance and trading deals. The brand new A Class. See it, drive it. Simply awesome. The new A Class deal from Gilmore's. Seven days.
4: Don't miss it.
2: Gifts, gifts, gifts. As Crimin's Gifts shop call in and visit our new tipperary room brimming with great gift ideas including handbags jewelry crystal picture frames candles watches christmas decorations and lots more for a limited time only receive a free bottle of perfume when you spend 60 euro or more crimmins gift shop shop Street, Trahada, and also at camera cabin swords find crimmins giftware on facebook wrap up well this autumn winter from Dunn's the Premier House Kells we have you covered for all your lifestyle fashions at Dunn's the Premier House Kells follow us on Facebook
5: Dad, can you help me with my homework?
0: Sure son, ask away
5: Okay, name me a famous revolutionary leader
0: <laughs> That's easy, that'd be apple green you see with fuel good apple green were the first to deliver quality fuels that say you up to 4 cent a litre two peas in apple green there son
13: are you sure about this? Positive
0: sun, savings of up to 4 cents a litre. The revolution is fuel good from Applegreen. Our most advanced fuel ever, at no extra cost. Applegreen, no fuel prices, always. The winner takes it all. Um, money, money, money.
10: Gold! I've told you already we can't change the song. We actually bought the lifetime
9: rights.
0: The Lotto jackpot is an estimated 6 million euro. Great news for almost everyone. Play responsibly in app, in store, or at lottery.ie.
2: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, the Renault Dealer of the Year and most Google reviewed dealership in Ireland. For award winning customer service you can trust, visit us today. Blackstone Motors. Drive with peace of mind. 041 983 1100.
3: National Breastfeeding Week it is, and I'm with a group of mums and their children here at St Peter's in Drogheda, the You group. They meet every Thursday. Elaine Power is here, and look at that little dote there. Who have we here? Ava. What age is she?
14: She's nine days. (laughs) Oh my God, only nine days?
3: Oh, aren't they so tiny and so small when you see them at this stage. You are a first-time breastfeeding mum. Yeah. Why?
14: Um, I just always knew I wanted to feed her myself, so just wanted to give it every effort, yeah.
3: Did you know much beforehand? Did you do much research? How did you get in touch with this group? Nine days old.
14: I suppose I would have started my own research and then um, I wouldn't have known a lot of people to um, feed themselves successfully, so my mom wouldn't have fed us. It just wasn't the done thing in those days. Um, so... I just knew I needed to reach out for support, so I started coming to Quidju in June, actually.
3: Before you had the baby? Yeah,
14: I did. Would um, you
3: recommend that?
14: Yeah, absolutely. That's probably why I'm here at nine days. <laughs>
3: I'm sure she so couldn't just parachute in here yeah. like that.
14: Um, It's really helped, because I actually... She was a C-section baby, and they say it can be harder to establish it straight away, and um, I kind of... New to demand, I want to feed my baby, even though they were like, Oh, maybe we would take her away to be to rest. And I was like, No, <laughs> I want her straight away as soon as it's possible. Um, but I wouldn't have known that hadn't I had I not been here, mm. yeah. So. And you
3: started feeding her straight away from she was born,
14: yeah. So after half an hour, um, as soon as I went down to recovery, they brought her down and she latched immediately, so it was brilliant. Yeah.
3: Great start, that isn't it, yeah. And how are you finding it early, early days for you? Um,
14: yeah, it's been a challenge i'd say it's a challenge for bottle feeding mom as well it's just um between have, having the scar and everything but i have loads of support at home so that really helps um i'm dreading my husband going back to work now in one day but um yeah no just having the supports here like i rang um catherine on sunday night for support and she gave me a few tips that really really helped even just the encouragement knowing you're doing the right thing and in the hospital i have to say they were brilliant too i actually got great support there in the hospital from the lactation consultants i found them brilliant yeah
3: yeah they're great down there i know that and i've spoken to them in previous years on this very special week well i have to say to you little baby ava is very content there and looking very full indeed
14: yeah Well she's doing well she's nearly up to her birth weight now as well after nine days so that's fantastic all's yeah. good yeah. all's
3: good Elaine I wish you well with Thank your you. lovely mm-hmm. new baby girl there she's absolutely gorgeous <laughs> Shauna Coughlin and her little boy Sean are next up to have a chat with us on breastfeeding week here with the Quidju group in Drogheda Tell me about you, this baby, is this your first, second one?
9: This is my second one, so I have two under two, um, my first is 18 months now. And it did you breastfeed time. him? I breastfed both, yeah, so I breastfed him until he was six months. Kind of came off of himself as soon as I started baby led weaning, he kind of stopped, um, but with him I don't think I'll stop until a year um, just because I find it a lot easier the second time around than I did the first time around. So,
3: what about this group? Uh, were you part of this with the only, last? No, fella? I
9: wasn't. I only moved to Betty's town from Dublin um, last year. So um, I met Nicola while I was pregnant on Sean, and she introduced me to the, this group. And it's been amazing, like uh, especially when kind of on your own and you're you're not really you don't know anybody. And um, this is the best place, especially if you're self-conscious about feeding in public and stuff. This kind of gets rid of that. So.
3: What about that issue, about uh, that self-consciousness? Is, is that hard.
9: still part yeah, and parcel of this? Yeah, like My first, I didn't feed at all in public, so that's why I kind of stopped as well. I, I got a lot of pressure from family to stop. It was very hard um, on my first, but with him, now that I'm in the group and now that I go for coffee with the ladies and stuff like that, we just do it in public now. It's, it's totally gone, but there is. So you get a lot of looks. Some people, now I'm not going to say everybody, But you do, you get a lot of looks. Mostly, I have to say, by the older generation. Mm. I have to say, younger generation, not really. But the older generation, yeah, you do, you get a lot of looks. And some people ask you constantly, why? You know, why are you feeding? Would they actually ask you that? Oh, yeah, sure, I got stopped in Toronto now at the bus stop um, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I had to feed him at the bus stop because he was screaming. An elderly woman walked by and asked me, why would I not do that at home instead? Yeah, but other than that, like, the support is great, especially with this group and I have to say around it there is a lot of things like even in Scotch Hall they have a breastfeeding room uh, with a couch and a TV and stuff like that so that's pretty very good. helpful it's very very helpful so you'd still
3: be conscious of it you'd still be aware that it doesn't sit comfortably with some people it's
9: unfortunate but you are like mm. you don't want to be but sometimes you are so it, but it's other people's issue it's not your own do you know what I mean yeah so yeah.
3: and you know it's the most natural thing in
9: the it. world and you know I don't have to change like wash bottles I don't have to make bottles all the time I can just get them on and there you go all done well listen (laughs) let
3: it be water off a duck's back pay no attention and like it has changed and it's a generational thing i think you're right there but to be honest with you look around you here this morning and how comfortable everybody is it's It's, fantastic it's
9: much nicer this way and i think um doctors and hospitals are really pushing for it now so that's a good thing as well i think so
3: well shauna and sean thank you very much indeed and i'll let you get on it there (laughs) thanks a million Thank thank you so much
8: kelly morgan
3: And where are you from, Kelly?
8: I'm from San Francisco, but I've been in Terminfecken for almost eight years now. Fantastic. Well, seven and a half years, yeah. And who's this? This is Emma. She's about eight and a half months, almost nine months.
3: Isn't she gorgeous? Look at those eyes.
8: she's such a cutie. And she's
3: very interested in this microphone of mine. I can just see that. Look at that curiosity.
8: Yeah, she's very good. She's our number one. She's our first baby, so
3: okay so this is new for you
8: yeah it's very new new for the both of us
3: <laughs> <laughs> new from a baby perspective as well as somebody said to me earlier the first one's an experiment <laughs> yeah, exactly. how's it going for you
8: it's actually surprisingly well she's such a good baby she's real easygoing, and she's just kind of slotted into our lives like she's always been there so we're very lucky she's a very easygoing baby
3: breastfeeding was this always your intention before she was born
8: it was it was yes my mom she breastfed all of us and I'm the youngest so I didn't get to see her do it but my sister she breastfed her daughter and I was about 15 when I saw her doing that and it just seemed so convenient and like a sweet time for the both of them they just got to chill out and just kind of snuggle each other for a little while a couple of times every day and it just seemed I don't know it seemed like a great thing to do and it's free and it's easy. <laughs> she latched on, no problem in the hospital, and we came home and didn't really have any issues, so we're very fortunate. She's just been a good eater from the beginning, so very, very, very fortunate. And then any future babies, I'll try to do the same as well. Have you
3: breastfed in public?
8: A couple of times. I We usually go to Bear Food afterwards, and so I'll go in there, and maybe while I'm eating, she'll eat a little bit too, but... You know, she's kind of more interested in what's going on when we're out in town than in eating, so I find she gets too distracted to even eat.
3: So you really haven't encountered that issue?
8: Not so much. A couple of times she's been hungry, but I was shopping anyway, so I just went into a dressing room because I need a place to sit, and she gets very distracted. That's her trying to
3: get onto that (laughs) microphone. Maybe you have a career in the media, young lady. But for you, this group here again, all these ladies here, what does this mean to you?
8: It's fantastic because I don't really know too many people out where I am. So it's great to at least have one day a week. I can come in and there's a whole crew of us that are all kind of in the same situation and met some really nice, sweet people. And Emma loves it. (laughs) She (laughs) loves all her little friends and interacting with others. And it's, it's great. So, all good? Yeah, very much. All good. Hello, Emma.
3: Hello. Are you going to say hello to me on the microphone? What
11: do you think? You think hello. Look at that smile. Look, look, look,
3: look. Kelly and Emma, thank you so much. Thank you. Nicola, Matthews and Zoe. Oh, will you look at that? My heart is melted here this morning. (laughs) What age is she?
13: Zoe's six months and she's my third. And she's got two older brothers, four and two, Mm. and I fed them both as well. Mm. And... The feeding's going great and the group is amazing. I'd advise any new mom or mom to be to come down and join us on a Thursday. I found the group really helpful when I had my first little boy. I was lost. I knew nobody in Drada because I'm originally from Cork. And I came here and I've met lifelong friends now. That I would call mammies who my kids play with still and we come and go together every week. So if you want to make friends and get a good experience, come down to group.
3: Come down to this quid you group in Drahada. Number three, has it got easier?
13: Um well I've them all close together. I have a four year old, two year old and Zoe and the middle child they always say middle child syndrome, but he's tough work but It does get easier. The first few weeks were difficult but once we got into the routine it has gotten easier.
3: I take it the other two are finished with breastfeeding and you're just concentrating on this little lady now.
13: They are yes. Um, My second little boy weaned at 22 months when I was pregnant on Zoe and now I'm feeding Zoe and she'll feed for as long as she wants because she's our last.
3: (laughs) You obviously believe that breast milk is best. This is the way to go
13: definitely believe breast milk is best my boys have never been sick um, and I also believe that the breast milk heals everything sore eyes sore bums it clears it all up everybody would laugh when I say it to them but I I always believe it and my sisters even would be the same
3: breastfeeding and breastfeeding in public in general do you find a a greater acceptance from you started with your first one to now
13: Yes, definitely. Um, on my first, I was kind of really nervous about what people would think. I always kind of hid away and now I feed her in the supermarket pushing the trolley around or like even I pump on the go when I'm in the car driving down, down the road. I do think it's starting to become normalised around and even with the flakiole and that, it was so great to be able to just sit in the middle of the street and feed and nobody batted an eyelid because there was other mammies doing the exact same thing.
3: I'll say goodbye to Zoe. Isn't she just gorgeous? And Nicola, thank you indeed. You're welcome. And best wishes to you with this little lady. Thank you. Thank you. Back to Margot Duffy before we finish. Well, Margot, what an eye-opener this has been for me this morning. And to hear all of the different experiences. But in general, you have to say positivity all around.
11: Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I just think it is a fantastic group. We have fantastic women who are involved with it. And as Catherine was saying to you earlier, we do try and give... Um, the best information we have and the most researched and latest up-to-date information to the women. Every week that we're here, what happens is, if we have any issues with the mums, if any any of them have issues, we take note of it. And then articles go up on that page for the week with any of the issues that have cropped up. So we're constantly putting up different things, putting up uh, researched articles. You know, so... They can all—all all they have to do is—you don't even have to be on Facebook. Just put, Google "Drahadakidju breastfeeding group," and you'll get on there. And there are loads—there's loads of information there as well.
3: And the contact numbers as well, of course. And the
11: contact numbers are there as Excellent. well.
3: Here's to the next 10.
11: Here's to the next 10, Gerry. <laughs> That's years we're talking about, yeah.
3: not participants. <laughs> yeah. Margot yeah. Duffy from Drachda Quidju. Thank you very much indeed for inviting us here on Breastfeeding Week to see what it's all about. Thanks a million.
2: Thanks very
11: much for coming, Jerry.
2: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. A 16-year-old girl critically injured in a road crash eight days ago has died. Sarah Brown was injured when a truck ran into the back of the car she was travelling in at Kilmoon Cross on the main Dublin Derry Road, close to Ashburn on Monday, July 19th. Jeanette Burke, a young mother in her 40s, also died.
3: Yes, it's another in our series, this road safety week of every road has a cross to bear. And I'm standing here at a beautiful cross on the Derry-Dublin Road, just beside Kilmoon Cross. And I'm joined today by Nina Brown, whose daughter, Sarah, and another lady, Jeanette Burke, lost their lives here back on the 19th of July. Well, the accident was on the 19th of July, 1999. Nina, thank you so much for joining me on this very busy road today. Can I take you back all those years to that day in July? Do you recall the last time you spoke to Sarah? Hi
15: Gerry and yes I do. Um, I spoke to her during the day. I had been working and I spoke to her earlier in the day and I rang home at 6 o'clock that evening and uh, she had just gone out to the shop with her friend to buy some sweets and uh, got a call then at uh, about 20 past 7 to say that there had been an accident and it was from my other daughter her her friend's mother had uh, called uh, to the house and suggested she come down with her to her house because to, to, she was friends with her children and um, she my other daughter said to her ring ma'am and she said I'll ring her when I get there and that that would have been the last time anyone spoke to her um, except in the car of course that day there were uh, two two students in the car and uh, Jeanette had one of her daughters with her, and Jeanette herself. There were six in the car altogether.
3: You can recall that time you spoke to her last, and I'm sure that moment you got that call. Did you think at that stage, or did you understand or expect what would unfold before you?
15: No, I I didn't. Um, I suppose uh, I, I worked in a hospital, so I suppose, you know everything flashes through your mind and I knew it was serious although my daughter Jacinta kept saying um, she had no cuts there were no marks but she was unconscious So here we stand today
3: on the derry side if you like to call it of Kilmoon Cross the car in question came from her throat so came down this way as we stand here what happened?
15: Yes, um, Jeanette was driving and uh, as she approached her gate a lorry ploughed into the back of them uh, hit the left hand side of her uh, people carrier and spun the car around on the road I believe and uh, they, he ended up one side of the road and they ended up the other side um, Jeanette died instantly and uh, Sarah was brought to Beaumont Hospital where she died 8 days later
3: So they were stopped there indicating to go into the house there and the lorry came down ploughed into them and devastation ensued. Eight days your daughter lived, and you were in Beaumont with her. Did you hope against hope that she'd come through?
15: Yeah, of course. Um, we all did. Uh, it was very hard on on the family. Ashling, my eldest daughter, had just had her second baby, and um, she she actually hadn't even time to adjust. And uh, we were all in there just hoping against hope she would come true but the signs showed us all week that, uh, that we didn't think it would happen and it didn't in the end. She, uh, she had a couple of bad turns during the week and her lungs collapsed and she was in an induced coma for the whole week and um, in fairness to them in Beaumont they were so good they put her in an induced coma but they also uh, tried to keep her temperature down by uh, wrapping some, ta- or some sheets in, in cold water and keeping her—it's a false way of keeping the temperature down—and they tried that with her because she got septicemia in the lung. And uh, yeah, so it was—it was a long week. It was a long battle that week, just trying to—we couldn't speak to her, which was very hard. Um, we couldn't even ask her how she was. We couldn't hug her. We just had to sit with her silently and. Uh, they were afraid she'd react every time she'd realised there was somebody in the room with her. So uh, at the end of the eight days, she died. She passed away. It was a quarter past three on the following uh, Monday morning. What happened? To the guy who was driving the lorry? Um, well, I believe he didn't have to make a statement on that particular day. Um, I my first meeting with him was when the day I buried my daughter himself and his mother approached me in the graveyard I didn't know who they were but uh, when I realised I just said to them look thank you for coming but right now I can't discuss anything, I can't talk to you right now and uh, he made a statement on that particular day I believe In went in of his own free will into the Garda station um, really it was when I had, because I have sons myself so I'd be thinking outside of the box you know nobody done this on purpose and as we got to court uh, the following May, the court in Donegal, uh, it was adjourned then until June, and he was there was adjourned then onto uh, the court circuit court in Trim for judge and jury, and then he asked, or his solicitor asked, if he could have uh, if he could have time off for, to go on his honeymoon, and that really angered me. That's when my anger started. Um, We were told at the time that it wouldn't happen, there'd be a bench warrant out if he did. Uh, We had the next sitting, actually it was just the the calling off the courts or whatever you call it, in July, in Trim, and we turned up and it was two or three days before the anniversary of Sarah's and Jeanette's accident and uh, he had gone on his honeymoon anyway.
3: And what did he ultimately get as a sentence?
15: At the end of it he was fined £350 and 12 months off the road. Now, you know, I wouldn't wish for that guy to have gone to jail. It wouldn't have achieved anything. But I would like him to have taken responsibility for what he did. And I would like for the judicial system to have made him take responsibility. Maybe reset a test while driving an articulated lorry. He didn't have to do that. He was, to the best of my knowledge, he was back driving um, within over a year. Your daughter will never
3: drive. Your daughter... 16-year-old beautiful daughter, Sarah, lost her life.
15: Yes, yeah, she did. And, you know, we miss her every day, every day. Um, she, you know, there's so many occasions have passed. Um, when she went, I had two grandchildren. I have ten now. Um, I'm very lucky. My last little grandchild, who was five this week, uh, she was being called after her, which I had known about before she was born. And uh, on the day she was born, I just accidentally happened to be in the labor ward and cut the cord. wasn't planned, uh, but it was planned. <laughs> and it was fantastic to be there and, and to see this little girl being born being called after her. And uh, I see you know in, a, in some of my grandchildren, I see a lot of her mannerisms. She was she was rebellious, she was a bit wild, she was funny, she was very good-hearted. Uh, she had a heart of gold. And she would, she would look after everybody, no matter, somebody said to me, from 8 to 80, she would just look after everybody, and she did. And uh, I see that in, I see her traits in a lot of my grandchildren um, coming through. Uh, they all talk about her, even the little five-year-old, they all talk about her, and, you know, they, they ask me what happened, and did she die, and she was Mammy's sister, and all this kind of thing and you know we get together every year for her anniversary and have done um, we have a bit of a celebration day really Uh, we we have a marquee up at the back of. I live now living in an apartment we have a marquee up at the back of the apartment we've mass first family and friends come and some friends from 19 years come back and we really love having them and uh, we have a barbecue and a couple of glasses of wine and we're all there to remember her on that particular day and then when that finishes, I just go on a holiday and I'm away for two weeks. And I come back then, it's August when I come back and I say, well, now it's time to start again. That's my my dealing, my way of dealing the with it. The way you all the deal with it and
3: you pick consolation out yes. of your grandchildren, things in life and remembering yeah. her year on year. Yeah. Does it pain you to stand here by this cross um. on this roadway today and come to this spot?
15: Yes, yes it does and um, I've never ever really wanted to be going into the graveyard and I still don't I go in and I do what I have to do Um, I spend a bit of time with her but I hate it to this day I just, you know, she shouldn't be there she shouldn't be there but, you know, like so many other parents, um, you know, we all have to get on with it. We, we have to for our own, for the rest of our families. Uh, you know, I do get such great joy from the grandkids. And, you know, they really are a blessing in, in the sense that they give you something to live for. And you see your own children moving on and, and, you know, getting on with their lives. And you look and you worry for them. You do worry for them. You know, is this going to happen to them? Please, God, it never will. And, you know, my daughter now does a lot of uh, wedding singing and even when she's travelling, she could be travelling down the country, text me, she's 36, text me when you get there, you know, and if she doesn't text, I'm on the phone, you know, and, and the same with the others, you know, if they're travelling at all, let me know you're OK, you know, just just let, it's just peace of mind, really, you know, because you just, none of us ever know from day to day what's happening or, you know, when it's going to happen again. And, and you know, my neighbour, two doors for me, Theresa and Uh, Willie—they lived beside me all the the years my daughter was growing up, and they were in and out of my house, and we were in and out of theirs. And and their little daughter, two years, three years after Sarah uh, was killed, she was only thirteen, was again on the roads, you know, and they had to face it. So it's—it's—and it's happened to many of my friends, unfortunately, you know, and and I'm lucky, I'm lucky because they understand. What I'm going through, but I hate being lucky because, you, do you know what, do you understand what I'm saying Jerry it's, but I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to have those neighbors and, and friends that are so close to us yeah yeah
3: and that's why we are talking this particular road safety week to again highlight the devastation that's caused on our roads day in, day out, week, in week out. I stand here with Nina Brown at the cross on the road, the Dublin Derry Road beside Kilmoon Cross that remembers her daughter Sarah and Jeanette Burke, who also lost her life here back on the 19th of July, 1999. Nina, thank you so much for those lovely words and joining me here today.
15: Thank you, Jerry. Thank
3: you. On Road Safety Week 2018 and every week, slow down, concentrate, never ever drink and drive, be courteous to other road users, and remember, every road has a cross to bear.
2: The late lunch with Blackstone Motors Drada, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.